after I closed on my first and then I got the triplex under contract, I was like, wow, I am really undershooting myself here. Like I really need to adjust my goals. And so that's why I made the $20,000 goal. Um, and I'm sure as I keep buying more properties, I'm, you just can't limit yourself with your goals. So you just have to keep adjusting them and keep adjusting them to what you learn and your ability to meet them. Welcome to the InvestNest Real Estate Investing Show, a community for real estate investors to learn, network, and grow. Be sure to join the InvestNest.com and start learning and earning today. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Travis Murphy, your host of the InvestNest Real Estate Investing Show. Hope everybody had a happy new year. I uh, want to wish everybody a much brighter and better 2021. Um, this episode, we're going to talk to an up-and-coming rock star real estate investor who is going to share her story of uh, all that she's accomplished this far and what her goals are for 2021. It's a new year. We all have new goals. So we're going to make this show about um, setting our goals and, and different things that we can do to accomplish them. But before we begin, I want to remind everybody listening to the podcast to please hit the subscribe button. And if you're enjoying the show so far, uh, leaving a review and rating is greatly appreciated. It helps us out a lot. Also, you can follow along on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Invest Nest. And also check out theinvestnest.com. It is an online social community for real estate investors. We are also in the midst of doing a lot of upgrades to the website. So there are going to be a ton of new features coming out probably mid-February. I'll go into that in a little more detail in a future show, but I just wanted to put it out there. So keep in mind, uh, website updates are coming. All right. And now let's get on with our show. All right, and now let's welcome our invest guest for this week's show. It's Soli with lattesandleases.com. Soli is doing a lot of cool things uh, on her social media as well as real estate, but uh, we'll let her tell us a little bit more about what she's got going on. Soli, thanks for coming on the show with me. Thanks for having me. All right, so you're you're doing a lot of different things. It seems to me like what I from what I can see on your social media that you have only been doing this for a short period of time, but you're already capitalizing. Um, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about what you're doing with real estate right now and, and kind of just what you have going on and you know the success that you found in such a short period of time. Yeah, so my background, my day job is in commercial real estate. And so during the pandemic, it got hit extra hard as people aren't leasing office space. Um, so I found myself with a lot more time to just put into some side projects. I've always thought about investing. I've invested in the stock market, wasn't quite my thing. And so I thought, why not try my hand at real estate investing? I've listened to Bigger Pockets for so long. I've read a bunch of books. Um, if now, if I'm ever gonna do it, now's the time. So back in March, I started exploring other markets to go into, um, moved really quickly, put a Put a property under contract in June, closed in July, flew out for a couple months um, to rehab my project. Um, since then, I've closed on a triplex and then another single family last week and then have another one under contract as of yesterday. So now I'm up to five doors in six months um, with another one hopefully closing really soon. Yeah, that's awesome. So all this you just started in 2020, right? 2020. Yeah. First house closed in July. Yeah, and I think that's like, you know, 
it comes up a lot in real estate. It's it's mindset shift, whatever it was that drove you to, to have to have that. Or it sounds like you had a mindset shift from what you were doing previous to moving into real estate, whether that's passive income or whatever your motivation was. You know, for all the negative that 2020 was, I think that that may have happened to a lot of us out there, which could prove out to be a good thing in the long run. So let's break down your, your properties. You said you have you have five doors right now. Five doors, three properties. So two single families and then a triplex. And, and and you just got started. I just got started. Yep. Okay. So can you talk us through how you were able to how you were able to do this in such a short period of time? Can you kind of take us through that mm -hmm. that process of what happened? So yeah. So I mean, there's a lot of several years before I actually got started where I was just learning about real estate. I was saving up money. So it's not like the process starts on day one. You know, you got to educate yourself. You need to build yourself a little nest egg so that when you go to invest, you're not on zero dollars with zero dollars of emergency savings. And so I worked um, all the way through college, pretty much full time in commercial real estate so that pretty much when I was a senior in college and the pandemic hit, I had a good sized um, bit to invest and I, and I had done my research and I was ready to deploy it. So I guess like I've been actively investing for six months, but I've been preparing myself to invest for a little bit longer. Um, does that answer the question a little bit? It does. No, that's, that's good. I mean, that's, it's, you know, we talk about taking action, right? But it is important to educate ourselves and kind of know what it is that we're getting into. The flip side to that is, is the whole analysis paralysis concept where you can do that forever and never actually get started. So I think within all of us, there's a certain balance that needs to, you know, that we need to strike of mm -hmm. when, when we prepare ourselves to the point where we're actually ready and then taking that next step. Mm -hmm. So, so I love the fact that you did do the preparation and you educated yourself. And then once you, it sounds like you focused in on real estate, you were ready to roll. So once you did, what happened from there? Like how, how did you go from nothing to the five doors that you have now? So I decided back in, in March or April, like I'm going to start analyzing deals. And so I didn't really have any analysis paralysis because I just started putting in offers on houses and one got accepted. And so I was like, all right, the ball's rolling. I guess I got to, I guess I got to learn how to invest in real estate. And I literally knew nothing about investing in real estate. It was kind of just like roll with the punches, figure out like how, I don't know. Like I literally knew nothing. I think that you can listen to a lot of bigger pockets episodes. And I was especially listening to the bigger pockets rookie podcast because it's just normal people jumping into investing. And I was like, well, if they can do it, like I can do it. And so I think that you can listen and read all you want, but until you're in the driver's seat, you're not going to really do learning. And so that's how I learned the majority of my lessons. I made a ton of mistakes, um, but I mean, I, I have a cash flowing property, which was fantastic. And I think that the first property is the key to the lock. And so once you have a proven track record and you can show outside people, I have been successful and I do know what I'm doing and I didn't know what I'm doing, but I put in the hard work and I learned and I'm ready for the second one. And that's how I raised private money for my second property, which was my triplex. And so I had friends and family reach out to me. I was sharing my journey on Instagram and they were saying, I see what you're doing. I see it's successful. We want to invest with you. And at first I was like, oh, I don't want other people's money. Like that's a big responsibility. Um, but then I had zero money. And so I was like, okay, like, let's do it. Cause otherwise I have no idea how I'm going to buy property number two. 
And so that one closed. And then, then I didn't have any more private money that was just handy. And so I was like, what can I do next? And so then I looked at hard money. And so the last one I closed on actually closed with um, 3,500 bucks out of pocket. And they're going to fund a, so they funded a $72,000 purchase price and a $50,000 renovation. And I only had to pay essentially 3,500 bucks. And so for someone who has like zero cash um, and like a good size amount of of houses, um, I'm cash poor, house rich at this moment. And so hard money is really the solution for me. And that's been how I got the last two houses and how I plan to go forward with buying houses in multifamily. Okay. All right. So sorry, that was a lot. No, um, no, no. That's good. That was <laughs> that was good. I want to kind of go back through it though. Mm-hmm. And so where first of all, let's start here. Where where are you buying these properties? Okay. So I'm located in California in the Bay Area and I buy in Cincinnati. So, so out of state. Ohio, yes, a little over two thousand miles away. So I basically hire out everything. Okay. So let's number one, you're doing this out of state, which I think mm-hmm. right off the bat probably impresses people because people can get a little bit fearful of, of trying to invest out of st- out of state on a property that's sight unseen or you're not close to. Number two, what okay, what was the first property? Was it a single family duplex? Single family. So I bought it with a conventional mortgage and just did a cosmetic renovation. I added a third bedroom um, by hanging a door in the dining room. And so I'm building a closet. And so that pushed up the equity in NAF where I'm refinancing right now. And I should be able to cash out refi pretty much everything that I left in the deal. So yeah. So you're basically going to try to burr that. Yes. I'm burring it with just a conventional mortgage though. And so that, that was my first property. It was low risk, nice and easy, not too bad. Okay. So you burned through your cash. You got your first investment property. You got a little bit of taste of cash flow. did some minor upgrades. It sounds like converted it from a two bedroom to a three bedroom, which like you said, added that, gave you that equity kick to then allow you to go refinance later and draw that cash back out to reinvest. But so you burned through your cash on the first one. The next one's what a duplex or a triplex? Triplex. So you went from a single unit to a, a three unit, but you didn't have any money. But by the fact that you're putting yourself out there, you're talking real estate, you're networking. You said some of your friends and families reached out to you and wanted to get on board. Mm-hmm. I've had a couple reach out and just say, we'd like to invest with you. We see what you're doing. And so I think that all has to do with having a good public image, um, knowing what you're talking about um, and really being honest about your struggles and what went wrong and how you're going to take those lessons and go forward. Awesome. So was that a partnership or did they just do it as like a note, private note or private money? Private money. Yeah. So they're just giving me a percent on the money they lent me and I pay that back to them in three years. Okay. Perfect. Okay. And then, so now you're up to four doors. You've burned through your own cash and you've kind of tapped most, it sounds like you've tapped most of your contacts for private money, but that didn't stop you either. So how did, what was the next property? How many units was that? That was a single family. So it was, um, it was two blocks from my first property. All of them are within a mile of each other. So I've really narrowed down my criteria, not to Cincinnati, not to just a neighborhood, but like this is 20 blocks that I want to buy my properties in. Like, don't call me realtor if it's outside of that area. 
because I just know it so well from living there for a little bit. All the houses are kind of formatted the same. And so you can do a pretty easy value add. And once you own a good amount of that area, you can kind of control the rent prices and just the value of the properties. Yeah. So I was going to ask you why Cincinnati and if you had any roots there. So you did live did live in the market that you're investing in previously? I only lived there because I was renovating my house. Oh, okay. um, and I was just, you know, putting in sweat equity because I didn't want to pay contractors $5,000 to paint my house. Um, okay. But the, the reason I'm in Cincinnati is because I had some commercial real estate work over there. Um, and we were moving a client over there and I was able to see how much investment is pouring into the area. And I just really wanted to jump on board. So I love the city. Yeah. You recognize the opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. Good yeah. prices, good cash flow, good appreciation. So yeah, perfect. Okay. So the, the fourth door, it sounds like you used a hard money loan then. Yep. Hard money loan. Okay. And, and so was... the key to the hard money loan is experience. And so a lot of people see how much I put down and say, I want to do a hard money loan, but hard money lenders typically won't lend to you unless you have some track record. And so the track record is super important, which is why when people want to start out, I just tell them, start out with just a, like, use your own money, save your money or use private money, buy a house, show them that you can do it and then use hard money. Yeah. I mean, hard money is a great uh, option for people that are cat, you know, cash strapped to do investing, but they don't just give it to anybody. There's pretty much two main things. One, the the deal itself, they're going to look at and make mm -hmm. sure that your your numbers are are realistic, right? What you think the ARV is going to be and what you think the improvement costs are going to be. So they're going to make sure that checks out before they give somebody money and potentially not get it back. The other thing is the person, and it's not really the credit score or how much money they necessarily have. It's like you just said, it's the experience, the track record. They have to be. They have to believe that you have the ability to do it. And if you've never done it before, doesn't mean you necessarily can't with private money, but it makes it easier if you have a track record, like you said. So great point. I'm glad you brought that out. And that was that was that your last purchase? Oh no, you said you have five doors. So what what have you done since? So that the... that is my fifth door, and that's okay. with a partner. And so um, the awesome thing about having a partner is like I still have zero cash essentially, and so he's kind of fronting the cash. Um, and they're refunding him for all of the renovation money because how hard, private or hard money works is you have to pay your contractor and then they send an inspector out, make sure that the work is done, and then they reimburse you. And so it's not like it's just $3,500 up front. It's like you have to front 10 or 15 grand um, and then they'll reimburse you. And so I didn't have that money again. And so I found a partner who also takes like half the work and has a decent amount of money. And so he's able to front that money and I don't have to really put much in. Yeah. So that's great. So you're up to five doors and what, six, eight months. Um, from the time that the first one closed, it was six months, probably eight months of I've actually looking. Um, and then I have another one that I put under contract yesterday. So that would be the sixth door. Um, it's two blocks from my last purchase. And so again, within that like 20 block radius, um, that one is just a light renovation. Somebody wants to um, buy his girlfriend an engagement ring. Um, and so <laughs> he needs to sell the house. And I was like, I'll do, I'll buy it. And so it has a really light renovation left, um, pretty big discount just because it's off market. Um, and there's just no competition. So that's a dedicated boyfriend, right? I was like, <laughs> I don't know if you 
need like 82 grand to buy her a ring but like kudos to you man yeah hope, yeah hopefully that one lasts but um <laughs> so okay so i i want to i want to drive home this point that you know you did all this with limited amount of money so for all the people out there that think they can't start investing in real estate because they don't have money you had some money to start with and that's what you that's what got your foot in the door but then once you burned through your own capital you didn't let that stop you so i think a takeaway from what you've done so far i hope is in, you know is is the fact that you know you can still do it you can get creative with real estate you can get creative with the financing and i hope our listeners can take that away and you know find some inspiration with that so you're obviously a very driven and focused young lady can, can I, do you mind if i ask how old you are 22. Okay. So everybody out there listening, this is 22 year old Soli. She's limited, limited capital and up to five doors on her way to six within a year. So let's let that settle in for everybody out there listening. All right. So what every it's the new year, right? 2021, 2020 was what it was, but new year, everybody's got kind of like a fresh slate. You know, it's a, it's a good opportunity for us all to kind of reassess ourselves and our goals. What do you have on your, you know, agenda for 2021 as far as your personal goals? And how do you go about uh, now that it is in New York, kind of approaching that and giving yourself the best opportunity to accomplish those goals? Yeah, so I like to place my goals also on by the time I turn 30, because by the time I turn 30, I basically want to be purely financially free um, and able to do whatever I want, whatever I want and focus on whatever I want. And so that number for me is $20,000 per month of cash flow. And that would give me um, a very nice life in California. And so it's a kind of a stretch. It's not, it's not like just bare minimum. Um, for me, I like to challenge myself and give me goals that seem a little bit scary. And to me, that was a good balance of like, oh, I know I can do it, but it does seem like a little bit of a stretch and it is a lot of money. And so that's where I started. And then I like to break it up into smaller goals because obviously that seems like unattainable looking at it right now. And so by like four years from now, I would have $10,000 of cash flow. And so this year, my goal is to just replace my W-2 income. And right now I'm like 40% of the way there. And so this year will be like the year that I replace my W-2 income. I That I will need about six to seven more doors that I own fully or 14 doors that I own jointly. I still think that at least for me, that's a little bit of, um, I would like to do more. And so my stretch goal for the year is to find a mid-sized multifamily off market. So that would be something like 15 to 30 units. And so I like to have a realistic goal. Realistically, I'm going to replace my W-2 income. Um, and then stretch goal, I'm going to find a really big multifamily deal this year. Yeah. So I love how you take, you kind of have, you break it down, right? So you've got your longer term goal and you said it perfectly. It's, it's a lofty goal. It's going to challenge you, but it is within reach, right? So it's not mm -hmm. an unrealistic goal. It's something that you feel confident that you could, um, you can achieve. But it's also not just something real easy that you know is not going to put, you know, it's not going to really move you forward in life. It's 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 a place that you want to be at a certain point in your life, and then you work back from there. Okay, what's it going to take to get to get you there? You've got it broken down. I, I don't know if you go to the five year or one year, but for this year, you know your number of units, you know your target cash flow. 
and it's with the purpose of replacing your W-2. So I just, I like the fact that you're kind of, you're laying your goals out and breaking them down into almost a process that you can get, go through in order to achieve them. Yeah. I just want to point out like goals adjust as you get more confident with your abilities. And so last year, I, I, I think I didn't even have one door yet. And my goal was 45 doors by 30. And my structure was super structured. So one in 2020, two in 2021, three in 2022. And that was going to give me 45 doors by the time I'm 30 and something like 10 grand to cash flow, something like that. Um, and so after I closed on my first and then I got the triplex under contract, I was like, wow, I am really undershooting myself here. Like I really need to adjust my goals. And so that's why I made the $20,000 goal. Um, and I'm sure as I keep buying more properties, I'm, you just can't limit yourself with your goals. So you just have to keep adjusting them and keep adjusting them to what you've learned and your ability to meet them. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think the takeaway from that is it's about having, you know, being self-aware and keeping mm -hmm. perspective of not just your, of what's going on, but also yourself, you know, so you, you know, you want to have goals, but you want to be able to reflect back on yourself and see if, if they're either realistic or maybe like you said, you under undersold yourself and you can realize that you can do more. So just keeping that perspective and that self-awareness is critical to getting the most out of what it is that you're trying to do. And then just in life in general, I think. So. Yeah. And when they no longer scare you, they're too small. And that's what I always tell myself. So I tell myself six to seven doors this year, but I'm like, that no longer scares me with the pace that I'm going right now. So I got to reevaluate a little bit, which is why I push myself on that multifamily. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not, if you're not, if there's not a little bit of fear, then you're not really moving forward. Right. Exactly. So 2021, you want to replace your W-2 with passive income. And then your goal is by the time you're 30, reach financial independence. Yes. But honestly, I was talking to somebody and he, he asked me, why should it take you eight years to get there? And I was like, what a great question. I have no idea. So like the timeline you give on your goals are kind of arbitrary. And so one thing that you can ask yourself to help you reach them faster is like, what do I have to do today to reach my goals in half the amount of time? And so I do that with my yearly goals too. And so my goals, six to seven more homes this year, what do I have to do today to reach that by July 1st? Mm -hmm. And so then you really compress your timeline and you give yourself a sense of urgency that when you give yourself too long to complete goals, you just drag your feet. Um, and so I would say, cut your timelines in half and just see what you can do, um, whether it's on a yearly basis, a 10-year basis. And I think that the urgency is what really gets stuff done. So I think, I mean, that right there, what you just said probably explains a lot of how you were able to do what you've done so far so fast. So, you know, it's good to have a goal, right? It's good to have goals because then it gives us something to work towards. We, mm -hmm. we have to have something to shoot to shoot for. But then you push yourself out of your comfort zone and say, why do I have to do it? And, you know, you question, why is it, you know, 10 years is a realistic goal, right? But you question, why can't I do this sooner? And in order to do it sooner, what is it going to take? So what can I do right now today in order to make this happen Faster. Right. And, and goals aren't necessarily like the end result. It's kind of just guiding your actions. And so if you can guide your actions and do it twice as fast, you know, you can just keep adjusting your goals. Yeah. Love it. And so, I mean, this is perfect. I hope, 
our listeners out there are getting a lot out of this, given the fact that it is the new year, you know, 2021. Uh, the message that's coming through to me anyway is, you know, it's it's a good it's a good point that you're making for all of us to, you know, reset and not only list our goals, but then put in, you know, figure out what it's going to take to accomplish them and then question, how can I do it faster? All while mm-hmm. being all while being self-aware to the point where, you know, you're open to the fact that you can change them as you're going along, whether it's things in life change your direction and maybe you can't do what you thought you might have been able to do or you're doing them a little quicker or you find out there's a way to do it better. So keeping that perspective to allow you to pivot and go in a different direction. Uh, all of that is, you know, I think very good very good food for thought for the new and upcoming year, at least for me. So well said. So what else do you have going on for 2021? You gonna do anything fun? What else do you do when you're not investing in real estate? So I'm going to Alaska with my mom. Um, I've sold a couple of pieces of land in Alaska for my day job. And so I'm really excited to go and see the area for myself. Um, I'm going to go stay in Denali for 10 days. Super excited. Um, And then I'm also spending probably a couple months in Cincinnati. I think that that is sort of the key to me scaling extra fast. And my answer to my own question of how can I do this in half the amount of time is just be on the ground for a short amount of time. And so because we're all working remotely, it won't make too much of a difference with my day job, but then I'm able to like go network with these big multifamily investors, like go take them to lunch, um, like go manage my renovations instead of paying someone to go check on it, you know, like learn the process myself. And so that's my answer. Um, and I think that this year is a good year to do that with me scaling up so fast and that a couple months will get me to where I want to be in 10 years, in four years, maybe. And so that's, that's one of my goals for this year too, is to spend some time being boots on the ground over there. Yeah. Immerse yourself. Mm-hmm. But that, see, that's still almost like work though. Like I know you, you're, you said you're going to go to Alaska for travel. That's awesome. <laughs> the fact, I, I, I mean, it's not a bad thing though, because you're kind of getting away from your regular life. It's always cool to go, you know, in. A different city and you're doing yeah. something that sounds like you love real estate investing. But you mentioned before, I guess you said you did a little bit of traveling in 2020. What, what were some of the places? Yeah. So I actually did quite a bit of traveling, which I know we weren't supposed to do. So <laughs> I went to, um, I went to Atlanta into the Florida Keys, did that road trip, um, really fun. Um, and then I went to Utah. So I did a road trip with my girlfriends from college and we went all the way through Zion National Park down to Arizona and back, um, went to Santa Barbara and LA a couple times. And so I do like little weekend trips here and there. I, I do love national parks. It's nice to unplug and get away. And so, um, I'm sure there'll be a lot of that in my new year, but you know, I do yeah. love real estate, so I don't find it to be too much work. No, I mean, that's, I mean, yeah. First of all, I don't think you're going to, you don't have to worry about getting in trouble for traveling because there's probably not too many people listening, but <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, but like, uh, first of all, Zion, Zion is incredible, right? Did you love it? Mm-hmm. Oh you- my gosh. It was, it was absolutely beautiful. There's one hike called um, Angel's Landing, I yeah. think. Have I've you been? It. Oh yeah. Yep. Oh my gosh. Yeah. For people who haven't done it, it's like you're on this little teeny cliff. There's like a 1400 foot drop on either side. You're like <clears throat> surrounded by beautiful canyons. Um, they put signs up every so often that say reminder, 
10 people have died on this. Yeah, no, it's intense. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I would say um, those are the types of things that really make me feel alive um, is getting out with my good friends and doing things like that. So that's what, that's what I'm hoping that real estate gets me. Um, and it also gives me the opportunity to talk to my friends who know nothing about real estate and kind of show them like what's possible, even by them investing in real estate. And I think that, um, especially in California, a lot of people have like really jaded perspectives on what their lives are going to look like and what they're going to be able to afford. Um, and just the couple like mindset tweaks and like introduction to like different loan types, you know, it's like the whole, the whole perspective on life changes and what's possible. Yeah, no, I love it. And as far as traveling and getting away and doing things that you, you love, it is about finding balance. You know, we can't, mm-hmm. it is a grind. You know, if we want to get to where we, if we want to accomplish our goals, we do have to put the work in and grind, but there is a balance. You need to enjoy yourself, get away, you know, and it sounds like that's even a motivating factor. You get away with your, your friends and that's maybe what drives you to try to get to this point of financial freedom so that you can do more of that and enjoy more of that in your life. And, you know, whatever motivates us is, is different for everyone. But, uh, you know, if, if, it, if we can find the things that we love in life, it makes putting the work in to achieve them a little bit easier. And enjoy them along the way. So what I like to do is make milestones for myself so that when I get to certain milestones, I treat myself to whatever thing I told myself I would, whether it's like a little vacation or like a spa day or whatever. Um, Even with deals, I think that I've done that where like, if it's a flip, if it's, if I get 30 grand, here's what I'm going to give myself. If I get 40 grand, here's what I'm going to give myself. And I think that's a motivating factor um, that if I take a thousand dollars and treat myself to a shopping spree, it's not going to make like the biggest difference in my profit line. But to me, I'm like, I'm going to try extra hard to hit that $40,000 because I want my shopping spree. Love you know? it. Yeah. Love it. No, that's good. That's a good self self motivator. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's cool. Um, so, I mean, I, you're, you're, a very impressive person. I mean, you know, 2020 was a challenging year for a lot of us, but you know, for, I want, I hope our listeners are taking a lot away from this episode. You know, not only did you do all this cool traveling and get to do all these, you know, different things that you enjoy, but you've also started and accomplished a lot on your way towards building your residential or your real estate portfolio and uh, accomplishing your goal of financial freedom. So, I mean, kudos to you. You're, you're, you're totally knocking it out of the park. Now we're going to go on to our segment, advice from our best guests. And this, I kind of want to make it a little bit of a special segment for the new year, 2021. So I want, if I can try to draw some actionable advice out of you for our listeners. Mm -hmm. Okay. So number, so it's three questions. The first one, what's one thing that you can recommend to people who haven't started investing yet that they can go do right now to get started and maybe make it one of their own goals for 2021? Yeah. So I would say um, the community of real estate investors that you surround yourself is probably one of the most important things because most people in your life are going to think you're crazy Um, and you need people to actually show you that it's possible and that you're not crazy. And so if, if you could do one thing as a very beginner, like join a meetup group and find an accountability partner, because there are going to be lots of times where you don't know what you're doing and you don't want to take that next step forward. But if you have someone who's pushing you and who's holding you accountable to actually making steps, um, then 
you're going to do them. And so, I mean, that's where like something like coaching comes in. Um, if you want to get a, a real estate coach, like I do some coaching where I hold people accountable to taking the next step forward. And sometimes that's what people need to get over analysis paralysis. Um, it's just, I promise you, like the first one is the hardest um, and everybody freaks out. But once you get past that hump, it really starts to snowball. Yeah. Love it. So yeah, great, great advice. Network, join a meetup, go hit up lattesandleases.com and inquire, <laughs> inquire to Sully about some, some uh, coaching. Great answer. Okay. Number two, looking back at 2020, when you got started and everything that you've done to get to this point, what's one thing that you might do differently if you were to you know, do it over again? So for people that haven't started and want to maybe try to tackle 2021 in the same way that you did 2020, what's something that you did different that our listeners could take away and might help avoid an issue that they could possibly run into in 2020. Yeah. So my biggest mistake on my first house was not vetting my vendors. And so like general contractors, property managers, agents, I kind of just, because it happened so fast, I was so overwhelmed that I didn't really think twice to be like, no, like I need to talk to three or four people before I decide. And so I actually ended up firing everybody from my first team, everybody, the property manager, general contractor, it was really bad. Um, it was a good learning experience, but I've had to basically rebuild my team for, for door number two. Um, and so to avoid that, I mean, part of it is just, you have to go through the process with them and it's hard to know, but like, if you haven't gone through the process, but at least do your due diligence and call three to four people before you make your decision. Like save yourself so much money and time and stress by making a couple more phone calls. Yeah, great advice. That's a good point because it is hard to find good people to include on your team. And we didn't talk a lot about this in the show. I've brought it up in several of my other podcasts, though. You know, doing the whole out of state thing, it's it is critical to have those team members in place. Like you need a good property manager, you need a good realtor, you need a good contractor. And getting those getting those pieces in place can be challenged. It can be hard to find those pieces. So good advice, you know, try to do as much vetting as you can, maybe check references. Um, and one last thing, like don't let um, your fear of getting a bad vendor stop you from buying a property. Like I said, I fired every single one of my vendors after the first one and I, I'm still buying property. So like, don't let the fear of failure of not finding a good team stop you from yeah. the first one. So you like to just dive in and then, figure it out. Sounds like you're, you're just a, you're oh, yeah. kind of a take action. What, you know, you figure it out as you go. And it's well, like Mark Zuckerberg says, what is it? It's move fast and break things. <laughs> um, probably. Uh, but I think that there's no better motivator to figure things out than when you're like feet are on the fire and you're forced to, because that's often when you will take the most action is when the problem is in front of you and you have no choice, but to figure it out. Yeah. And that's back to, being out of your comfort zone, right? If you just yeah, I always like to be out of my comfort zone. Great, great advice. Okay, Latin, question number three: One book recommendation for 2021, a must-read for people that they can put on their list for a goal for 2021 to accomplish. Reading this book about getting started in real estate or anything in real estate in general. Okay, I honestly kind of bad, but I've listened to podcasts a lot more than books, um, and so I people who have not got gotten started yet, I would say 
listen to Bigger Pockets rookie because you'll hear them say time and time and time again, I'm just a regular person. I'm not the smartest person. I don't have the most money, um, but I made it work. And so I probably listened to like eight or nine or 10 podcasts before I pulled the trigger, just because that gave me the confidence to say like these average regular people can do it. Um, like, I feel like I'm just the same as them. I don't have the most money. I'm probably not the smartest, um, but I'm going to like take a leap and see where it takes me. Awesome. And the Invest Nest podcast, right? And yes, the Invest Nest podcast. If you're trying to invest out of state, just because I do, I would say um, David Green's book. Uh, ooh, I think it's called like out of state real estate investing. Um, but that one basically like breaks down step by step by step by step, like what you need to do to get into out of state investing. Yeah, no, great answer. And, you know, I'm the same way. I don't, I'm not an actual book reader. You know, I listen to podcasts, but I do like audiobooks. So for those out there that find it hard to sit down and really get into a book, you know, if you're in your car a lot or if it's easier for you, try give an audiobook a listen. I, I find that works yeah. well with me. One, one book I will say from like mindset shift would be David and Goliath by Malcolm Gladwell, which was really, um, I don't know if you've read it, but like life changing and mindset changing for me, because it's all about taking what you perceive as your downfalls and things that really challenge you and changing that around for how they will benefit you. So it goes through a bunch of case studies um, on reframing your mind on things that you think um, are just excuses like, you know, it's ba like bad for me that I don't have a lot of money, but no good for me because I have become resourceful in using other people's money. And so that whole book is a whole book on reframing your mind on how hardships are actually benefits to your life. Yeah, great advice. I have not checked that book out, but I think I will. That sounds like a good inspirational book for 2021. Yeah, good one. Perfect. All right. So you're doing a lot of cool things on Instagram and on your website for everybody out there listening. If they want to learn more about you, if they want to connect with you, can you tell us a little bit about how, first of all, how they can find you and then what you've got going on on your website? Yeah. So I'm most active on Instagram um, at lattes.in.lisas. And you can just DM me. I pretty much answer every DM that comes in. Um, and then my website is also there if you want to email me. Uh, it's lattesandlisas.com. Um, there's a lot of free stuff that you can find on private money presentations and templates. Um, and there's also calculators that I use personally to analyze my deals um, and also coaching sessions if you do need that little extra kick in the butt to get started. Awesome. Yeah. And I did check your website out. It's all, you got a lot of cool things there. So uh, the listeners go check out lattesandleases.com. Um, so has got a lot of cool things. I saw some, uh, some, cal some downloadable calculators, mm -hmm. um, and you offer some coaching. So I, I highly recommend anyone listening to go check it out. And if you want to just connect with Sully, um, check her out on Instagram. I'll include all of those links down in the show notes below. So if anybody's interested, just scroll down. Um, Sully, I want to thank you for joining me. It's been an absolute uh, pleasure having you on the show. I want to wish you a happy new year, first of all, and uh, nothing but success for 2021. I have no doubt that you're going to accomplish your, your goals and knock it out of the park. You're, you're a rock star from what I can see so far. So uh, I really hope to have you join us again in the future. Maybe you can give us an update show, see where things are a little bit later on in the year or something. For sure. Happy new year. And thanks for having me. Thanks, Sully. I, I really do appreciate it. Take care. 
And I also want to thank all of our listeners for joining us again this week. I hope you all enjoyed that interview with Soli as much as I did. Uh, she really is doing a lot of cool things online. So go check out her website and follow along on her Instagram account. Um, very inspiring. She's accomplished a lot and she's got a lot of cool things coming up for the future. So that's been an inspiration to me, I know, for uh, setting my goals for the year. And I hope all of our listeners can take something away from this interview as well. Uh, so I want to wish everybody a happy new year. Uh, I wish everybody a safe, successful 2021. And uh, I want to thank you all again for joining me. As always, I'm your host, Travis Murphy, and you're listening to the Invest Nest Real Estate Investing Show. And we'll see you again next week. Thank you for joining us on the Invest Nest Real Estate Investing Show. Be sure to join the investnest.com and start learning and earning today.